Hey, it's Amy, and you're listening to Saving Amy, a podcast about a woman rewriting her narrative, creating her own version of happiness, and sharing exactly how she gets there. Hello, everyone. All right, so this episode is not going to be overly happy or sad. Maybe a bit of both. Uh, I don't even really know how to kind of articulate it, but unfortunately, someone in my family died uh, suddenly last week. And so much has kind of happened. Like today, I'm recording this on Monday, June the 13th. I'm probably going to have it edited and uploaded on the same day. I knew all day that I really wanted to record an episode. I don't really know how this is going to go, but I hope you would love to listen and come along for the ride with me. I really want to talk about, I guess, how those events unfolded last week and how I took care of myself, I guess, because I feel like old Amy probably would have handled this situation quite differently. And I'd I'd honestly like to just pay tribute to my uncle who had passed away. So Uncle Lorne, buddy, this is this episode is for you. Um, I love you. And uh, I hope you're flying high, buddy. So, um, and I I know I am going to get a little bit upset in this episode, and that's fine. I think one of the biggest takeaways I would love for you to have if you're listening is that showing emotion is completely acceptable. It's okay. There's nothing wrong with it. And I'm just going to show up as authentic as possible today. So I'm going to give you guys a little backstory. Obviously, this podcast is all about my mental health and lately how I'm completely alcohol-free. I don't drink alcohol anymore. Little backstory. I've been living in this apartment for four years. And to give you some sort of context, I live in Mount Pearl, Newfoundland, Canada. So my uncle has lived in the same house on the same place as long as I can remember. And for the past four years, he's always lived just down the street. Like, literally, if I were to leave my house, I can cross the road. There's a little trail, and that trail will connect to the the cul-de-sac of his street. And for four years, man, my dad would say, and everyone would, really, when I'd go to family events, oh, you should go see Uncle Lorne. Man, Uncle Lorne would love to see you. And and I knew he would, because Uncle Lorne was always the most extroverted one out of the bunch, you know? And I didn't, because... You know, looking back, I was just so mentally unwell, I didn't want to. And that's ultimately what it came down to. I didn't want to go visit him because I didn't want to talk about my life because looking back, I was really ashamed of my life and I didn't want to talk about it, especially with my family, right? But buddy, for some reason, and I don't know what reason it was, but two weeks ago today, I showed up on that frigger's doorstep. It was a nice day, and I mean, I go for walks, so I said, well, I'm going to go do this now, (laughs) and I didn't even write him, I just showed up, and he opened the door, and he was like, hey, like exactly what I thought he would do, right? And if any of my family is listening, you're going to know. (laughs) 
He said, come on in. Oh, my God, come in. So, and it was, it was great. It was just me and him, and I was there for probably about a half hour. We've never had that, like, we've never had just a situation with just me and him, I don't think, ever, really, especially in my adult life, and me doing so well. So that was a really, really wholesome visit. And I don't know what made me show up at his house two weeks ago today. But I did. And I got to say, like, I am, I'm very, I don't know, happy is not the word that I want to use. And I'm trying to articulate what kind of word I want to use. Maybe I'm thankful and I'm grateful that I was able to do that because unfortunately, Fast forward a week and a bit, so what's today, June 13th, so last, last Thursday, June the 9th, I, I was actually right here in my room doing exactly this, except I obviously wasn't talking about this subject. I was recording an episode for my podcast, and I really wanted to do, you know, an episode on attachment and, and why I am the way that I am. Not really so much putting blame on people or saying, well, I'm like this because of you and this, that, and the third. No, I, I'm really learning more about my personality and, you know, things that I inherit from my parents just so I can see patterns of the way that my brain works. So on Thursday, man, I was face and eyes into this episode that I was doing and I'd stopped recording. I was doing a little bit more research and then my phone rang and it was my dad and unfortunately he told me that uncle Lorne dropped out of a massive heart attack and i immediately just thought of like dad for four years man you've been telling me to go see him and how did i manage to go see him last week and it was great like it, it was great and that like i love that that is my last memory of him, even though the memory before that was always a good memory with Uncle Warren, just because he was so bloody bouncing off the walls all the time. He was like the bloody Energizer Bunny. I really don't know where he came from. No offense to, um, you know, his sister and his brothers, <laughs> but I really don't know where Uncle Lorne came from in relation to all of them, because he's more of like... He was always more of like, say, the eccentric free spirit one, I think. <sighs> so, with that little portion being said, I think the whole point of me wanting to say that, I, I don't want to have this big old epiphany now and say, oh, take all the pictures, make all the memories, da-da-da. You can if that's your prerogative and that's your personality. I'm going to be honest, ever since I was a little girl, I never really took pictures of things. I probably still won't be taking a whole lot of pictures of things. But something that Uncle Lorne was at me for years and years and years to do. <laughs> so every year uh, for Labor Day weekend, we always go to my aunt's cabin. So this aunt would be my uncle's uh, sister. 
And every year, man, I don't know, maybe someone should let me know. Was Uncle Lorne the one that started this tradition of jumping into the bloody ocean <laughs> off a bridge on uh, Labor Day weekend? So he would be at me every single year. Come on, Amy, we're going, we're going. <sighs> Uncle Lorne, I'm not going. Well, guess what? Amy decided she's doing this year. Labor Day weekend, I'm going to jump off that bloody bridge into the ocean. And I'm going to make sure that I do it every year. I know that all of us, especially as we get older, we can all relate to loss at some point, right? We might lose a family member, a grandparent, you know, aunt, uncle, maybe someone younger than us, which is devastating. And I think that's why my uncle's passing was so devastating because he was the baby. He was only 59. So like it wasn't supposed to happen that way. You know what I mean? It's never it's never a good time for it to happen, but and it just makes you think, you know, my dad is in his 70s and it just makes you think things that you don't really want to be thinking about. But I know that whoever's listening, we have experienced loss to some degree at some point and we're going to experience more. So very briefly, I'd also like to reflect on, like I said, how old Amy would have handled that really bad situation. So last Thursday, when dad called me and told me, naturally, I was very upset. So I, old Amy, I feel like she would have played it out this way. She would have got off the phone, nine chances out of ten, would have went to the store and got an eight pack of beer very very high chance and I probably would have drank a couple of them kind of fast and probably would have smoked a joint just to try to go to sleep but this is what Amy did this time Amy told her dad that she wasn't feeling great but that's okay because it was a sad situation and it's okay to be sad when someone passes away Amy told her dad that she was going to call her close, fa- uh, like, you know, a close member of the family that could probably be a little bit easier to open up to. And I was going to call that person. So I did. But that person wasn't available right away. So then what did I do? I called the warm line. Now, I have told you guys about this line before on uh, another episode. I forget which episode it is, but I'm really going to try to remember. I'm going to link that in the description box just in case anyone needs it for whatever reason. Again, the warm line is an awesome service. You literally just call them, leave your name, number. Someone's going to call you back within like, seriously, I, you guys, I was pacing around my room, screeching and bawling for 10 minutes, just staring at my phone. I was like, someone's going to call me very, very shortly. And they did. And someone's going to call you back and they're just going to talk to you. And it's always someone who has struggled with their own mental health issues. And they're just there to listen, maybe provide some advice. And I will open up to you a little bit about why I had called there. Not, I mean, my uncle died, that's sad. But the main reason why I needed to talk to someone right then and there was because I was having intense feelings of guilt and shame. Because I had been so unwell in the past, I was playing the shoulda, woulda, coulda game 
I missed all this time, you know, with a family member who's gone now. I'm never going to get that back. How dare I? The things that I thought were issues no longer, they disappeared in an instant. So I started to talk to this woman, this lovely, lovely lady about guilt and shame. And one of the first things she said to me was she explained the difference between guilt and shame. And she said, Amy, when we feel guilty about something, it's nor it's because we've done something wrong and we're feeling guilty about it. But when we feel shame, usually it's not tied to guilt at all and there's no reason. For, we actually didn't do anything wrong, but we feel like we did. And that's what I was feeling. I was not feeling guilt. I was feeling an intense amount of shame. But we had a big old chat and I was probably on the phone with her for about 15 minutes and I just word vomited at her and I told her exactly what just happened. And by the time I got off the phone, I wanted to relax. I didn't feel a need to, uh, I guess, numb my feelings with alcohol or cannabis because that's something I could have very easily done as soon as I got off the phone with dad. I could have said, Amy, hey, you know what's going to fix this really, really fast? You can have a huge bong hit, get instantly tired, and go to sleep. But what does that actually do? It doesn't do anything. It lets me not feel anything for a little bit just so I can feel it even worse later. And I know that now. So I did the responsible thing. I did... um, end up just hanging out at the house and I you know talked to a close friend and a close family member but I didn't um I didn't have to resort to using a substance to cope with that emotion and for me that's that's huge like leaps and bounds huge so I think I think even my uncle if he knew that he would be so proud of me because in his obituary, you know, when Leo of Flowers, he didn't want that. He really just wanted people to make a donation to the Canadian Mental Health Association or a charity of your choice. But I feel like I kind of owe it to him, you know, to keep doing exactly what I'm doing. Keep using my freaking voice. Who cares if I'm too much? Who cares if my mental health is too much for people? And with that being said, I would also love to talk about something really cool I did this weekend. And again, my uncle would be very, very proud of me because I opened up to him about, you know, well, everyone in my close family knows about my mental health issues now. Um, And that's totally fine. That's cool. But we had a nice little chat about it. And over the weekend, I attended a meeting to hopefully kind of start a sober club with some pals around the city. Um, The conversation kind of came up a couple months ago amongst a few of us, and we kind of decided that this city needs a sober club, dude. (laughs) It does. Um, So I would really briefly like to talk about that before I end off today's uh, episode. I don't really know what the sober club is going to be called, okay? We have no idea, but I know collectively, first of all, you don't have to be sober to join a sober club, okay? You don't. All we ask is that while we're doing 
uh, like whatever activity that we're doing is that you don't use any substances during that time. If you want to go get litty titty afterwards, that's cool. But I think the whole point of this is to try to make an adult sober club for people who want to do fun activities, learn new skills. Um, every It's actually really cool. Like everyone kind of seems to bring something cool to the table, you know, with their interest or their job or whatever. And just like brainstorming ideas and going out and doing things that are still very, very fun, but don't require any alcohol or drugs. So what are some of the things we thought about yesterday? Like for some reason, bowling is coming to mind and we all collectively agreed that we're not going bowling because we don't like bowling. No offense to people who love to bowl. Listen, there's something for everyone, right? So I thought of maybe like if there was a venue downtown of maybe a bar that would be open to doing maybe like a, one sober night, you know what I mean? Like a mocktail night and still have all the things that a club has, but no alcohol or drugs. Um, maybe going, I know like yoga and that is is more common paint nights or I don't know rock painting you know how like rock painting is like a big thing I don't know dude like maybe some sort of dance or like a rave but again like yeah I know I'm kind of rambling and going all over the place but this city really needs a sober club and I knew when I quit drinking that that is something that I wanted to make happen but I couldn't do it all by myself (laughs) So I just started connecting and networking with people who I thought would be interested and slowly like the ball is rolling. It's happening. So if you're someone who like I I need to reiterate, you're not someone who needs to be in recovery or has to have some sort of problem with drinking or drugs to be involved in something sober. You know, sometimes people feel like if they're doing something sober, it's like, well, I have a, I must have a problem then. And that's, that couldn't be further from the truth. It's just the stigma that we put on it, you know, that if you're not partaking in something, well, you must have an issue with it. But I really just wanted to share that with you. Um, yeah, I don't really know. What are the takeaways from today's episode, you guys? Um, uh, excuse me. Loss sucks, dude. It sucks. And no matter what capacity it is, it sucks. Join a sober club. Come join the party. Try something new. I don't know. I feel like my mood today is so down. Uh, hopefully I will be back with uh, more fun, upbeat kind of stuff. But I really wanted to record today just to give my most authentic genuine feelings even though it's not all rainbows and sunshine but that's the whole point right this podcast isn't really supposed to be about rainbows and sunshine it's all the shit that happens in between all right everyone I really hope that you have a wonderful week if you're going through something that really really sucks right now take it from me it's going to get better it's probably not going to be tomorrow And it might not even be the next day or next week. But that's the thing with feelings and moods. They can't, you literally can't stay in that one mood forever, right? So just be kind to yourself. Be gentle to yourself. 
and um, I'll talk to you guys again soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Saving Amy. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe to this podcast and rate it five stars. I will talk to you soon. Take care.